Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for listening on. Today, I have an amazing, amazing guest for you guys today. I am so stoked for her to be here. This is Megan Church. Say, say hi to everyone, Meg. Um, For those of you who do not know who she is, you will. Um, She is a, basically her main job is a a coach for self-sabotage and relationships, Um, but she has a plethora of other accolades. She has graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She is also a health supportive culinary chef out of Natural Gourmet Institute. Um, And she's also a yoga instructor, personal fitness trainer, and just most recently, a John Maxwell leadership speaker. Probably can go all day with all this, but they want to learn all about you. So my first question is, uh, well, not really a question. I want to say thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, I know we've been uh, really, really dear friends for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, Where are you calling from right now? I am from Indianapolis, Indiana, and it's cold here. (laughs) Are you wearing like a parka right now? No, I'm not that cool. Not yet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so obviously I know your story. And, um, you know, people who follow you, um, you know, people who are, you know, having really personal relationships obviously know who you are as well. And you've built up such a great community, which you're you're going to share. But for those of uh, the audience who do not know who you are, I love taking my guests um, through point A to point B, just sharing their stories about what really makes them them and how they came about on their journey and how they ended up you know, on this particular moment in their lives. So your journey is very, very colorful, um, so rich. Um, and uh, I just, you know, want for you to kind of, you know, color it for us and, you know, just start off. All right, I can do that. So as everyone probably says, their story is all over the place. It's lengthy, but I'm going to give just the bullet points. Basically, I was seeking perfection in all types, in all parts of my life. And I felt like if I had the perfect body, if I had perfect relationships, if I had perfect career, all of that, then my life was going to be perfect. And as we all know, there's no such thing as perfection. So I had to be the stubborn girl going through the decade long journey of struggle. Like I was riding the struggle bus. I was on hot mess, hot mess express and was really seeking healing because I had been uh, in some relationships that weren't always the greatest, weren't always the type, you know, that brings out the best in you. It actually brings out the stress, not the definition of thriving, as you would say, and uh, was struggling with my purpose on this earth. I was struggling with body. I had a lot of different um, eating disorders and just body dysmorphia And all of those things I learned were all highly integrated. You know, Colin and I both went to school together in New York, and I was on my journey at that time. I was on my healing journey. I had uh, called off a wedding a couple years, maybe a year or two prior, um, was trying to find balance with my body, healing. I, I felt like I couldn't keep living the way that I was, but didn't really know how to fix it. So I thought that going to culinary school would teach me even more that I could perfect my eating that way. And, and all the food stuff with integrative nutrition, the same way with becoming a personal trainer, all the things I the more that I felt like I added to my resume, the better I thought I would get to seeking that like claimed perfection. 
And what I found was I had layers and layers of layers of self-sabotage that I was doing that I, I didn't know exactly why. And I felt like it was outside of my control. I was stuck. I had super low self-esteem. I had a lot of self-doubt, extremely high levels of anxiety, um, had been through a lot of different rejection in my life, uh, not from family, but just in different choices that I tried to go down and career paths and people and just different things. And like I said, relationship struggles, um, body battles, all of that, trying to please everybody else, but I wasn't truly pleasing myself. Um, and trying to fulfill what I felt like I needed because I really honestly didn't know. I was so stuck. If you've been in that spot where you're so stuck, you don't even know your next move. So I made the journey to go back to school and go to New York. So that is where I had to face a lot of my inner hot mess and get that all cleaned up. So I guess that's a starting point of my story. <laughs> <laughs> was New York the first, um, I know you're originally from uh, Indiana, was New York the first uh I guess, uh, city or state you've kind of, you know, really ventured out, um, before, uh, college was cause college, I, I went to IU in Bloomington, which is definitely a bigger campus, but New York coming from a, a small town of 8,000 people to New York was like a whole nother level, <laughs> but <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was very eye opening. So many amazing things happened while I was in New York. So I was, I was very grateful once I got there and kind of got used to everything. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, one's journey could definitely be, um, you know, in a way kind of mapped out in terms of, you know, a lot of people like to anal analogize it to, you know, a roller coaster ride and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the expression, you can't judge a book by its cover. And uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people are just walking around and, you know, all we see is the exterior and all we see is, is the facade and even more so, you know, in our virtual, you know, world that we, you know, most of us live in now, you know, the internet, mm -hmm. social media, and it's all about facades. So mm -hmm. it makes connection with other people and connection with yourself that much more challenging because you just end up building or not, not necessarily building layers on top, as opposed mm -hmm. to burying yourself, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper, if you don't do the work um, that is needed to kind of kind of declutter, right? Mm -hmm. um, spring mm -hmm. cleaning and, you know, bringing out all that stuff um, to the surface. And then once you get to the surface to acknowledge it and then figure out what to do with it. And mm -hmm. whether it's yourself or reaching out, that's, um, it's got to start from somewhere, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, during this journey, um, what were, can you give us a couple examples in terms of, uh, specific challenges that you faced, um, coming up, uh, from this journey? Um, I know you've, uh, dealt with, uh, uh family, um, you know, uh, different events in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, you talk about relationships, so I'm sure there's relationships, um, specific relationship events that happen in your life as well to kind of mold you in this direction of where you're going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I am glad you asked that because I had someone, I had a couple people actually say something to me about how they couldn't tell me something at one point because I wouldn't get it. And I realized that I clearly haven't stated my story enough because they had no idea <laughs> some of the things that I had gone through. And uh, just to give, I guess, everybody a little bit more insight on those struggles and on those challenges, I I lost my brother. Um, that was one of the first big ones for me. My my little brother in a car train accident my freshman year in college, and it just totally rocked my world. Um, I almost my other brother was in in the car at the same time, and he survived, and it just completely changed everything. And this was a time where I was still struggling big time with body and all of that. So that was a big initiator into the challenge world. It definitely forced me to grow in many ways. And uh, then after college, I called a fully paid for wedding off. So that's where the whole relationship stuff started. So that story is always interesting. I learned a lot. Um, was it tough? Absolutely. Was it scary to tell your parents that, that, that you didn't think that you should do this when everything was paid for? Yep. 
but Mm -hmm. I learned so much about myself and had I gone through with that, it wouldn't have ended well because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who Meg was. And so I started to experiment with what I wanted to do in life. And some of that was with people. Some of that was like learning more about myself through people and what I loved and didn't like. And, and with that came more challenges. So I, mm. I was in some unhealthy relationships. I was in some amazing relationships. I was in some relationships where I felt um, stuck. I felt I didn't feel like my best self. I also, while dealing with my own struggles of body image and eating disorders and everything, went through a phase where when I moved back from New York, I thought it was healed. I thought everything was good. And then I found out that my uh, really close friend was dying of cancer and it had, it had happened immensely, um, happened very quickly. And I literally got to talk to her the day before she died. I mean, she was diagnosed uh, within a month and died like within that month. And um, she too had struggled with eating disorders and, and things. So that really rocked my world. And right when I thought I had healed, I found myself in my car in a Meyer parking lot, like binging, which I hadn't done in a while. And that was a time where I really was crying out and like trying to surrender and asking God for help. And that led to a whole other um, ball game. I did start to not have issues in that realm. But what I learned was I still had such high levels of self-doubt and low self-esteem that I had worked through, but I was coming face to face with, and it was showing up in more relationship work. It was showing up in my business. It was showing up in things that I tried and it just wasn't, wasn't getting better at the level I was expecting. Um, and then right when I started to, to feel like I was getting somewhere with my work and stuff, I was cheated on like big time. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you guys have ever dealt with that. It's not fun. And to come to grips with that. And I had learned through that experience that all the work that I had put in for myself actually worked because I didn't go back to some of the self-sabotaging behaviors that I had done before, but I could actually rationalize with myself and not the hot mess expression of myself and get through the situation and learn that it wasn't my fault but that hurt people hurt other people. And that if you guys have ever been through an experience like that, that is one of the biggest things I can tell you to take away. Like it's not always you. There are things that maybe you need to work on too, but hurt people hurt other people. And then shortly after that, um, maybe a little bit longer after that, I lost my dad unexpectedly and that completely changed everything. And that's when I learned I needed to do something outside of business to help get me out of what could be this big self-sabotage hole. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things I could, I feel like I can tell people is like, if you know that you're struggling, sometimes you don't need to listen to what everybody else is telling you. You need to dig deep and figure out what you need. And sometimes what you need may look like it's taking you 5,000 steps backwards, but really it's going to teach you so much more about yourself and what you truly need. And for me, it was taking on another job and doing something that I loved, even though it wasn't my forever thing. And through that, I met so many amazing connections. I got to connect with myself again and work through it versus go down this dark hole. So that's sometimes something that I think that people really could gain from that. Like when you're in the struggle bus, when you're like riding it and you feel like you're never going to get off, sometimes doing something that you know you're already good at is a great way to get you through the struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely want to acknowledge, you know, um, and sympathize. Um, you know, I think as human beings, you know, we have our own versions of uh, how we deal with death and how we mm-hmm. deal with passing and how we deal with, um, you know, another loved one uh, moving on. Um, and everyone's different, right? So, mm-hmm. but I think uh, as hard as it is to be able to lose two family members and, you know, what it sounds like a really good friend, a really good dear friend, um, you know, that could cripple anyone, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and I, I know personally that you come from a very strong family household and you have a lot of great, um, you know, friendships, you know, to mm-hmm. rely on. And I can only imagine other people listening in, um, uh, who might not have that, um, mm-hmm. and has dealt with a lot of challenges and trauma in their lives as well. 
Um, and uh, I also like the fact that, you know, you've turned those experiences um, in, and channel it into something where um, it could benefit um, others. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, so definitely, definitely, you know, kudos uh, to you. Um, so there's obviously so many different topics uh, we can talk about. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of let's let's target self sabotage since mm -hmm. you know that is one of your main cruxes, um, uh, one of your main you know shticks um, that you love to talk about. Mm -hmm. What is it about self sabotage nowadays for people? You know, um, and I don't know. I don't think I want to generalize in terms of males and females. And I think mm -hmm. um, you know everyone has their own unique. Uh, you know, journey with it, but, um, you know, it's, it's a different thought processes we go through. It's a different mm -hmm. self-limiting beliefs that we go through. Mm -hmm. What is it about self-sabotage that limits uh, people nowadays? Well, so I define self-sabotage first. I think it's, it's good to get clear on what exactly it is, but I define self-sabotage as what is standing between where you are now and where you want to be. Like what is preventing you from getting to that success or, or whatever that definition of success is? What's standing in the way is your self-sabotage. And most of the time, you know what it is. That's the thing. That's where the whole self part comes in. What we've identified are the seven big self-sabotaging behaviors that really prevent people from getting to their level of success that they need to work through are stuck, self-doubt, anxiety, rejection body battles, people pleasing, and then what I call relationship. Mm. So those are the things that usually it's one of those. And like, for example, if you're dealing with comparison or envy or jealousy, that can be lumped into self-doubt. That could be lumped into anxiety, however you're experiencing it. So, so many different things can be lumped in one of those seven generalizations. And until you work on those, it's, it's going to be like what you were saying earlier. It's almost like blocking you from having what you want. And maybe that's a successful relationship. Maybe that's a successful career. Maybe that's from having a successful relationship with yourself. When you have all those things that are blocking you, it's hard for you to see who you are. And then for that to mag to mag be like a magnet and attract someone else that sees the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I uh, definitely, those things need to be looked at and not done out of shame. But basically just like look at it and, and have the mentality of like, okay, I just, all I need to do is just check it out and I need to accept what I see. I don't need to judge myself. I don't need to have a lot of shame. This is our starting point. And by me acknowledging this, it doesn't mean I'm going to be stuck here forever. Cause I used to think that I thought, mm -hmm. oh, if I look there, oh, I'm going to be stuck forever. <laughs> and that's not, that's not the way it is. It's just like a starting point. And I use this a lot. I just thought of this. I use this a lot in order to reach success. And, and like I said, whatever you define that is, you have to go through the sucky phase. There is no success without the suck. Like you have to suck first. And so when you can see it as a blooper phase, as a free, free reign to make as many mistakes as possible, then you, you take the pressure, you take the like anxiety inducing nerves out of the equation. You take the fear out of the equation because you're allowed to just try. Yeah. So I, don't know, I think that might help a little bit. Yeah. So in terms of the categories that, you know, that you've uh, came up with, was that something <laughs> that you see over and over through different types of clients and um, people over your experience or mm -hmm. um, is it also um, something that you personally have gone through all seven as well. Oh, I've definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, I've gone through all seven of these. And they all are very much interlinked too. So if you can't quite figure out which one is your main one, it's probably because it's they're all holistic. They all kind of affect each other. Mm -hmm. um, but I have found this with uh, groups that we've ran. I've found this with coaching. I found it in conversation. I've used it in my life. I love studying people. So mm -hmm. That's kind of what we've, what mm -hmm. we've found. Me too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes, we love people. Yes. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting. And, um, you know, from there, do you take them on a pathway to, or is it an individual pathway that, you know, you start coaching them on? Or, you know, is it, you know, you create like a structure program for them? Or, you know, how do you go about once they are able to, you know, recognize it? Because the thing is, is that, you know, we're not taught this, right? And Mm -hmm. um, I just had this conversation with a previous guest on the show um, about, uh, you know, self-care and, mm-hmm. um, you know, well-being for yourself. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's more talked about now because we have the vehicle of social media to be able to relay things really quickly. And, um, you know, there, I mean, you know, our world is very chaotic, you know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes most of the time, if not all of it is really necessary. And in my opinion, you know, if you look at a lot of the spiritual practices of the world, um, it pretty much most of them, if not all of them would need to kind of start from rectifying and, and having self resolve, um, Mm -hmm. for, for oneself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that emanates, you know, to, to everything, to, to the relationships you touch, to the people you connect to, you know, just everything right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the question is, is is that you know when when someone comes to you um you know do you take them on an individual journey to be able to help them along their way or or is it how do you go about it is the question so it kind of depends on where they're at like i i don't believe in a cookie cutter model at all i feel like so many coaches and and speakers and And uh, doctors, you know this too, like chefs, everything. They try to have a cookie cutter approach when we're all made different on purpose. And so you have to take the person where they're at and figure out what they need and where they're going. And if you don't know those things, it's going to be a lot harder to help. So it does take a vulnerability to be able to, to share your struggles and say, hey, like I am like majorly struggling here, or this is my background. This is where I want to go. I need to get out of my own way. That's a big thing is how to help people get out of their own way. But it's, it's based off of their needs, but also what they have time for. Like, do they need a do it your own, do it yourself approach? Do they need some TLC with coaching? Do they need just to listen to things on their own? It's completely up to what they personally need. Sometimes it's just a lot of self-help books. You know, it's recommendations that way, which I have that um, on the site. Sometimes it's a morning routine, which mm-hmm. there's a, we have a program for that too called Soul SOS, which is like daily motivation in the morning. Sometimes it's actual one-on-one coaching. Sometimes it's uh, an online course. that's like a six weeks thing that has group coaching calls with it too. It really just depends on where they're at and like where, where they need the most help and then giving them the tools. Um, in that part of their life, because it's, it's really hard if someone has literally no time and it's hard for them to make calls or it's hard for like for any of that, like, then we got to work with what they have. If they only have a car ride to get some self-help, we need to do some audio type stuff. We need mm-hmm. to have them listening to some podcasts. Uh, we need to have <laughs> them, you know, just doing those kind of things. You can get help no matter what your schedule is. It just depends on what, what resources you have available time, money, um, your needs, that kind of thing. So, Right, right, right. And obviously, you know, um, you know, we live in a very, very busy, um, very busy and distractive world. And Mm -hmm. I would argue that um, working on things like this uh, is probably, you know, need to take priority. You know, I Mm -hmm. I say this with other people where um, it doesn't matter if you're eating the best diet um, or best high quality <laughs> right. foods or yep. if you're moving, you know, very well, moving every single day, things like that. It's really about um, having that mindset mm-hmm. and having that mindset where you keep on moving despite what you've been through, because I recognize what I've been through doesn't really define my current moment or the future, Absolutely. but has made me grow and evolve into the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I think, um, you know, we just live in a very busy and distractive, you know, world. Um, I like to talk about 
you know, your other tools and your tool uh, toolbox or, mm -hmm. you know, your other hats that you've worn. Um, because in a way, you know, you can take a little bit from each to be able to integrate to what you're doing, which, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's what you do as well, mm -hmm. but having been through a, you know, uh, a yoga, um, being a yoga teacher, you know, what is it about our busy and distractive, uh, lifestyle that, you know, contributes to where we're, where, where we are, we are at right now? Yeah. It, it's crazy. Cause yoga, for example, taught me it, it was so much more than the poses. It was me surrendering and having time to ground and to be taught and to be loved on in a moving type setting and to accept what came up because it becomes a moving meditation. You're faced with different crazy poses and challenges and, and different things too. But for me, it was so much more about the heart language that I received. Mm -hmm. And I learned that I had that too. And that's something that I love to teach. I, I very rarely teach yoga. Now I teach it more. Um, the soul work I, I teach. Yeah. Like I love anything that kind of hugs your heart. Mm -hmm. And that was something I learned from that. Even, even with integrative nutrition, as you were saying, we learned that it's not just the food, it's your relationships it's the, the things that you're passionate about. It's all these different things that wrap around and, and integrate together that affects your um, digestion, it affects your relationships, your food, all these things. So like Colin was saying earlier, you can work out to your blue in the face. You can eat all the kale in the world. But if you have a terrible relationship with yourself, it's going to affect those things too. And so truly it came down to figuring out what those self-sabotaging behaviors were. Like for me, I had high anxiety and yoga helped me learn how to navigate through that with meditation and, and through slower movement and really got me into reading a lot of different works first thing in the morning and having that grounded soul time and that morning routine first thing in the morning was, was a game changer for me. And that's mm -hmm. something I would highly recommend for people too, is like, get to know, like we spend so much time getting to know our partners, our friends, our family members, but how often do you actually have the time to get to know who you are and, and how you are uniquely made and, and what makes you thrive on a mm -hmm. daily basis. Mm -hmm. And when you have that time, first thing in the morning, it's going to set the, the, the rest of your day based off of that first bit in the morning. So if you wake up stressed oh, yeah. out, you better watch out because your, your day might end up being stressed out. If you wake up more grounded and you have that time to like pour into yourself first, then you can go out and you can help other people so much better. And you got to make sure that your tank's full so you can help fill other people's tanks too. You can't be given from an empty tank or an empty cup, yeah. whichever you want to think of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I mean, I can, it's countless times whenever I wake up, depending on that mood, on, you know, how my day is going to start. So um, always, it's, to me, it's, um, you know, we're, it, you know, you were talking about the topic of perfectionism, mm -hmm. right? It's not about being perfect, which a lot of what society portrays out mm -hmm. there, right? That yep. we have this, this um, unsatiable need to be perfect. And it, it, it's very common and cliche that no one's perfect. And to me, it's like, you know, what is that at the end mm -hmm. of the day, right? Like, what is it? What is perfect, you know, mm -hmm. mean, right? And what does it do? You know right. what I'm saying? Like once you're perfect, you know, then what? Like here, right? here's a cookie. It, you're perfect. Here's a trophy. You want yeah. a medal? All right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is it because, is it, you know, you want love from all your peers? Mm -hmm. If you want love from all your fans, like what is that at the end of the day? I don't think we talk about that because once we talk about that, then we can break it down into how, you know, how fragile of a concept that is, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That it's, it's not a real, it's not a real thing, you know, it, it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like everyone is made differently on this earth and, you know, we're going to produce and express ourselves differently. So what is perfectionism at the end of the day? But my point is, is that it's really about progress, mm -hmm. right? Waking up, doing things, accomplishing things, improving yourself, um, before yesterday. Yep. Right. Yep. And, um, you know, every little bit counts, you know, I tell my patients all the time, you know, just step by step, you know, it's like I, progress. I just want the progress. Mm -hmm. And, um, Tony Robbins says it, you know, um, you know, I'm going to paraphrase it. Uh, he says that, you know, the, the, the secret of happiness is, is uh, progress, you know, is, is, 
understanding and seeing all the different evolutions of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think, uh, you know, that's important to convey. Well, and that's what you, just to pause real fast. That's what, um, like in one of the things that we teach, that's what we say every day. It's not about perfection. This is literally what we say. It's about getting 1% better every day. Mm -hmm. And that's truly what it is. Like even some days with part of my past, like I've told some of my people this, like, even if getting out of bed is progress that day, give yourself a pat on the back because when you've been beat down and, and just like, like you feel like you've got nothing left in you, that is a victory. And I don't think sometimes we give ourselves enough credit when we feel like, Oh my gosh, why is this stuff happening to me? And you're in such a dark phase that literally peeling yourself out of bed is a victory some days. Mm -hmm. And I, it's the thing that people don't want to talk about, but it's the truth. When you've been through death, when you've been through a lot of betrayal and rejection and different things in your life, that's a victory. Yeah. You just got to build upon it. You can't stay there. You can't every day. Yeah. Okay. How are we going to get out of bed today? All right, let's put some clothes on tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or, you know, I have a lot of uh, patients that fight depression. It's like, you know, they don't Mm -hmm. have any appetite to eat. You know, if you're able to get a bite in or two bites in, you know, like that's, that's progress. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Or someone starting a physical fitness, you know, regimen, you know, everyone's going to the gym. I don't care about that. I just want you to walk. You know what I'm saying? Walk, you know, in your apartment, walk, you know, down the block, you know, just go Mm -hmm. down the stairs, you know, anything, anything just start somewhere, you know what I'm saying? And, and feel accomplished that you have been able to make that first step or next few steps, because guess what? If you compare that to yesterday, um, you know, that's more than what you did yesterday. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's the progress that we're talking about, you know, and, um, don't, you know, just try not to seek, seek, um, external rewards that, um, everyone is, you know, obsessed about. So, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of relationships, let's go back to relationships a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I'm curious on, uh, you know, the, the wedding and, um, and, you know, <laughs> why was it, you know, called up and we don't have to go that deep or technical or anything if you don't want to, but, um, mm-hmm. I, because I feel like, you know, you've mentioned before that it kind of sets up, you know, that ride of relationships, um, that you personally went through and mm-hmm. going from that, um, how, how are able, how are people able to, you know, kind of look at their past relationships differently. So their future relationships are not as affected. So something that I have found that was really helpful because yes, I did call off a fully paid for wedding two months prior. And that was just like a whole nother level. Like I said, I, a lot of it, um, I didn't know who I was. I was making mistakes. I was seeking, um, my independence and I'm starting to feel what that feels like and just kind of lost track of wanting to get married. And which was a good thing. Cause I, like I said, I didn't know what I want to do in my life. And there's a whole other story with all of that, but on that whole decade of dating and the roller coasters, I think it's really important if you've been there and you feel like you're going through this boot camp of like, Oh my gosh, when is this going to end? When am I going to find my person? to go back and look at your evolution of relationships, like, like start looking at when you start struggling or when things kind of went chaotic and literally do a timeline of your relationships. See the people that you were dating, see the things that you liked, see the things that you wish like, Oh my goodness, why did I have to go through that? What were the qualities and things that you learned in each of the different relationships up until where you are now? And I think sometimes we, we don't want to acknowledge how much experience teaches us and how much you learn along the way and how much clearer you get as you go through those experiences because no one has it all figured out in the relationship world. There's people that dive quickly into relationships and yeah, they might be happy, but a lot of them are not. And they're again, hiding behind the social media world or filtering their life and just showing you the highlight reels. But if you really, really, really want something that's going to be a thriving relationship, you need to know who you are first. They say it all the time. You need to know where you hold yourself back and how to get out of your own way there. And then you also need to know exactly the type of person that you want to attract. 
Like, and a lot of times you learn what you want to track based off of what you never want to go through again. Mm -hmm. So when you know what your non-negotiables are, when you see someone else have things that, that, that like, Oh, that's not what I want to do that. I, that it reminds me of such and such. And you know, that's not the, the route you want to go. Like you guys can be friends or whatever, but maybe that's just not your person. So getting clear on that. Um, I would say there's a few tools that have been really helpful for me. Uh, one is to know your love language. So the five love languages by Gary Chapman is a great book. Mm-hmm. Colin, do you remember my mom made me read that like in New York? And I was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, you know my what? God, I didn't not... discover that book until a lot later. Um, yeah, but it's, it's like, like uh... yeah. You're, what was your reaction when when your mom's? When I first picked it up in New York, I was like, oh, this is just not for me. And then later I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gold. This is so good. And I talk about it to everyone. I'm like, what's your love language? How do you love? What were your past relationship love languages? So like you, once you learn that, it's very simple. Then you can go back and see what your, your ex's love languages were and then move on from there and see what yours is. And, um, and if you are in a committed relationship now, like the love languages really makes it even clear on how to love your partner more and how they can love you more. So it's really just fun. It's just like, it's like a great eye opening thing. Um, another thing, I think you and I had talked about this is I, this is the way I pronounce it. It's kind of a strange name, but it's the Enneagram or Enneagram, whichever way you want to pronounce it. I think it's a, it's a personality test that is just amazing. It goes, it goes on years and years and years ago. Um, it's Christian based and it basically, it, it just is so eye opening. It's so spot on. Um, for all of you that do do the Enneagram, I'm a three, so you can go study that. Um, I'm trying to think, Colin, what you are. I don't know. I'll have to, Cause you're like, a, we're like, everybody's a mix of different yeah. ones, but it's so eye opening. Uh, and it's, it's neat because it shows you what you are when you get stressed and what you are when you are, um, like more in a calm, mm-hmm. like safe space mm-hmm. too. And then you have wings to it. It's just like amazing. I have a couple books, um, on the website that are with that. So that's really cool. Um, just anything that you can, that you can study yourself and learn more. Like those give me the aha moments. And I, We'll be like, oh my gosh, that's why this part didn't work. It's like putting little puzzle pieces back mm-hmm. together to get you to where where you want to be. Um, as far as the whole roller coaster relationship type stuff, I know you and I've talked a lot about this too. When you get clear, it all makes sense. When you when you can get through some of the past and not look at it as mistakes, but as learning lessons that helped grow you, kind of like going through a bo- uh, going through a boot camp, you appreciate the strength, but you may not appreciate the stress and the sweat that you had to go through during the time, Mm -hmm. but you like the rewards of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think to think of it in that way of how did that relationship strengthen you and how did it get you a little bit closer to yourself or did it take you away from yourself and you have to get back to yourself in order to move forward? I think that's a big Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I feel like, um, with every relationship, um, it's almost like it's interesting because I grew up as a first generation, you know, Chinese American, born in immigrant parents, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I mentioned this. I shared my story a couple of times um, in different episodes, mm-hmm. but um, and you already know. And uh, the dating culture is different during my you know, parents' generation. You know, my mom and dad, um, you know, they they just dated and wasn't really true dating because they lived in uh, poor um, environments and it wasn't like what we, how we date in America and dating culture wasn't as uh, prevalent and, you know, casual and all this other stuff. Um, And so basically everyone is a reflection of you, you know, depending on how much you date and who you end up dating. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you learn um, is that everyone's a reflection of you, right? Mm-hmm. And and you will have different phases, um, you know, through these different uh, uh, relationships. But my point is, it's really about it. It took me some time to figure this out that it's really the relationship that you have with yourself. Absolutely. You know, not in terms of loving relationships, but also in terms of working relationships, business mm-hmm. relationships, family relationships. Um, if we do not get clear on what kind of relationship we have for ourselves and how do we define that and what we want to set up for ourselves, you know we were, we're just going to be all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talk about my folks because, you know, I didn't have a, 
you know, a perfect, you know, role model to be able to, you know, model myself. And so for me, I had to go through ups and downs, um, personally speaking as well. Um, and, uh, and what I've learned over time is, man, I, yeah, I do, I do this or I've become this, or Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I did something like this, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've also taken a lot of years and worked on myself then looked at myself in the mirror and had to face harsh realities of, you know, who I've become, Mm -hmm. you know, so to speak Mm -hmm. at different moments. I mean, I did that with traveling, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, just kind of journeying, you know, through, you know, life, you know, as it is. Mm -hmm. So, Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Well, there's, there's a, I don't know if you've, if you've seen this or whatever, but I, I read this recently and I was like, yes, this is so true. And it's something I don't think that women always think about. And I don't think that men always think about it to the level that we do, but they said the three primary things that men need, um, for relationships is the first one they need is respect. Um, the second one that they need is recreational support. Like whatever it is that you, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a sport or anything, but something that you like to do, you want to have support around Mm -hmm. it. And then the third Mm -hmm. one is sex for men, for women. um, The first one is love. So the men's was respect. Women's is love. Um, The second one was conversation. And then the Mm -hmm. third one was um, affection. And Mm -hmm. of course, like it's, it's, I think it could be a mix and it could be different, but I think when women realize that respect is, is needed um, by a man and that love is needed for women as one of their primary things just happen a little bit differently. You can see it in a different way. And it's kind of like with learning your love language, the things that fulfill you may not necessarily fulfill your partner. So it's learning those Mm -hmm. little differences that are huge differences and be able to speak to those without losing yourself that you're going to notice your relationships start to thrive because they're like little tricks. You're like, Oh wow. Like that's what a guy mm-hmm. needs. They don't need this <laughs> like me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that it requires time and it requires mm-hmm. patience and it requires yep. constantly putting yourself in the other person's shoes to yes. be able to, see where they're coming from. I do mm-hmm. agree that men and women are operate differently, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like growing up, I always, you know, re- you know, I see these novel covers or, you know, men are from Mars and women are being, I mean, not only genetically and, you know, all kinds of other ways, but, you know, we are, we are built differently. And so it, mm-hmm. it, it does, it, it's not surprising that, you know, to be able to give and receive love are different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take time and patience and putting yourself in the other shoes because I mean, it, it's like cooking a good meal, you know, both of you and I, you know, we've been in the kitchen together and, you know, all this other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it takes time to prepare a good meal. It takes time to, you know, really, really cultivate a relationship, especially with yourself, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, God knows at least for my family, you know, it's taking me and my sister, at least for me, like, you know, a very long time to be able to reach the point that I'm at to have total, utmost um optimism respect and love like just unconditionally for my you know for my family and just Mm -hmm. for people in general you know and um but it it took time it took Mm -hmm. it took um challenges it took um obstacles um to be able to you know go through all that do you know what it reminds me of in culinary school remember when we had to make the soups Mm-hmm. Do you remember like the soup week and we had to extract all the goodness from mm-hmm. the celery, the carrots and the onion. And if you mm-hmm. didn't extract it long enough, it was going to affect the flavor of your soup. And chef mm-hmm. Jay checked us. I don't know if he <laughs> chef checked you or not, but you got to extract the goodness. You got to extract yeah. all that you can and you have to be patient and it may take just a little bit longer, but if you spend that time, that extra time is going to drastically change the outcome of your dish yeah. or your relationship. 
Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think the reason why I bring this up is because we live in a fast-paced world. We live in a, you know, quote-unquote busy um, and distractful, you know, world. And we need to not like everything can't happen in an instant. It just it right. needs that time. It needs to marinate. It needs to, mm-hmm. I, you know. I love how we're just coming up with a cooking analogy. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, it needs to to work its magic, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Sock, this has been uh, great. Um, and and for those of you who don't know, um, I actually don't call Meg. <laughs> Or Megan, or this lovely, beautiful individual that I'm speaking to by her first name. Um, <laughs> no. I actually call her Sock. And the reason why I call this, this is a little bit behind the scenes, but um, I call her Sock because she reminds me of the philosopher Socrates. <laughs> and um, and uh, we were talking about, this is uh, at our time in New York, about, um, it was around that book, uh, The Peaceful Warrior. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really about that movie and one of the characters name um that was given by the protagonist or the main character is uh was sock or short for socrates and i just remember this girl this woman she all she does is just spit out like quotes and proverbs <laughs> and sayings and you know words for wisdom i'm like who, who where do you come from who speaks like this you're definitely not from the northeast <laughs> like, i don't know what's going on so, so but great. I call her Sock, and that's how I've always known her. And I know she has a thriving, bustling community behind her, and it's just going to get even bigger. And you know, that's just my my um, you know relationship with with her. So, um, Sock, this has been great. Um, I think we can pretty much go forever, um, but yeah. I want to be able to leave it here. And who knows, we might come back later to revisit some of these topics, but. One of my favorite questions uh, to close out with uh, my guests is how do you thrive yourself? And um, it's a very, um, it's a question that I love asking because I don't like watching people, um, even though it's their shtick, right? I don't Mm -hmm. like watching people just going through the day to day, what I call um, I wrote this in my book, but what I call the default life. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I love I love, you know, when people get up in the morning, I, I, the reason why, right. Finding your why, you know, what fuels their fire, you know, what, um, you know, flame, you know, has that source, that juice for their passion, why they do the, the things that they do. So what are other things, um, you know, obviously we've heard a lot of obstacles and challenges, um, that brought you to this point, but what are some other things that has helped you thrive yourself? Uh, one of one of my biggest values, one of my biggest things that if I don't have this, I don't have anything and, and I'll basically ruin anything that I get my hands on is peace, peace and freedom, like freedom, peace of mind, however you want to say it. If I don't have that, then everything else is, it's not going to be as rich. And so that's really important for me. And basically it's, it's getting out of your own way. Like I said, with self-sabotage, I'm big on, as I say, slay self-sabotage and rock your relationships. That includes yourself. That includes anyone you interact with. And when you have that peace of mind and that freedom to be your authentic self, no matter what that looks like without self-judgment and without wishing that you were someone else, you're going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to connect with people on a, such a deeper level and you're going to have thriving relationships, whether it's in the workplace, your significant other, clients, people you interact with um, at the cash register. Heck, what we were talking about, like on Amazon, <laughs> like if you have to get on their customer service, <laughs> something. Um, it's your life is just going to be so much more rich. And I think that that's that's something that's very, 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 very important to me is to have that that peace of mind and and freedom to mm. be myself. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, what is one message, you know, we've talked, you know, a lot about self-sabotage and relations. What is one message that you want to impart to those who are currently struggling or who have, um, you know, not really sure where to go or how to start, you know, like what is one thing you would 
you know, convey to them that's currently on, you say the, you know, the, uh, what is it? What bus? <laughs> struggle bus. Struggle bus. <laughs> if yeah. you are on the struggle bus going nowhere fast, it is okay. There is a purpose for it. Uh, again, it's, it's about getting 1% better. It's not about being perfect. It's about studying yourself. It's about studying your self-sabotage without shame without having to fix everything all at once and just checking it out, like looking at yourself and seeing where you're at and then trying to figure out more of where you want to go. It's not, we, we, we complicate it way too much. And sometimes that means putting blinders on and not checking out everybody else's stuff on social media and, and taking a little hiatus away from some friends that suck the life out of you or, um, just saying no more and and getting to know who you are without always having to have stuff around you all the time, because you're going to show up more fully and just really plugging into some, some type of positivity every single day, whether it's your faith, whether it's um, some kind of self-help, whether it's good relationships, something that, that brings the inspiration out of you so that you aren't feeling so stuck and feeling like you're going to be on the struggle bus forever because you won't. It eventually will not be that bad, and you can think of it as like the boot camp that that finally you get the strength from. Awesome. Um, so, for those of uh, the audience members that want to learn more about you or want to reach out and learn more about your programs, um, where can they find you? So many places. Uh, a couple of them. <laughs> a couple of them. Uh, definitely check out the website. So makechurch.com. Uh, we also run a really fun Facebook group called Self Sabotage Slayers, and we would love to have you there. Uh, and then, like on the website, you'll see different opportunities to work with me. So. Uh, we have more of a DIY version, so it's Soul SOS. There's information on there, which is really fun. Uh, I have a new relationship course coming out. I have one, another uh, way to coach is basically working on yourself, your body, your relationship with food, uh, and how that's affecting your relationships called Bulletproof You. And yeah, all my information and, and messaging is basically to help you get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And slay self-sabotage. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Definitely check her workout. Um, Sock, thank you so much for coming on Absolutely. to the show. It was so fun. Um, you are a, you know, a light for this world. And uh, I'm so glad that we have crossed paths and, you know, been able to do this and finally get uh, an episode in. And, um, Absolutely. I, I, uh, I know that your audience members will benefit. So, um Thank you so much. Absolutely. I can't wait to share all this with them. <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for listening on to the show. If you like this episode, please like, follow, and subscribe. And uh, we will see you on the next one. Hey, guys. That was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.